we'll save that for a minute. I, uh, I didn't talk to the worship team at all about what's in my notes. It's one of those Sundays where you're like, only God, only God could do this. Only he can orchestrate these things. It's amazing. Um, I want to share with you um, a message that I, I have something that I wanted to share. And as I studied um, this passage, it was like something new was birthed in my heart. So now I have a new message uh, for you, but I feel like it's going to be so rich. And I want us to look at the story of the 10 lepers coming to Jesus. And this is in Luke 17. All right, so we're just going to jump right in. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to open our ears to the word of God and fill our hearts with your revelation. All right, so as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. Um, I'm starting in verse 11. Did I tell you that? It's the stories of the 10 lepers, starting in verse 11, okay? (laughs) I'm picking up in 12. As he entered a village there, 10 lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he looked at them and he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting in a loud voice, Praise God! And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. Now, this man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give God glory except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. So I just like had this great thought for you guys. I was going to preach a Thanksgiving message, you know, because what better passage to talk about giving thanks. But I uh, just was staring at this passage and and just like seeing it with new eyes. And I want to just, I just want to focus in kind of on this one guy. It said... Sorry, is it my sometimes earrings don't like the microphone. I can lose them if I need to. There's ten guys. And they all have leprosy, which is like a terrible, terrible skin disease. And it made them unclean. So they weren't allowed to be people. That's why they're from afar. They're yelling at Jesus. And then you have all 10 hear the word of the Lord and they get healed, right? So the nine 
Well, all 10 cried out, right? They got the word from the Lord and they followed it. What does Jesus say? Be healed? No. He just says, go show yourself to the priests. And so they just begin to follow. And then they just continue in the process of the law. All nine of them, except for this one. This one guy who's a foreigner. And I started thinking about this because he had no religious paradigm. He had no no uh, box for, for God's law and rules to be put in. So this guy, it made no sense to him to go to the Jewish priests because he was a Samaritan. Like, have you ever thought of that in this story before? That he's, <laughs> he's a foreigner. And when he recognizes his healing as they're walking to the priests, he turns around and runs back to Jesus with his praise while the other nine just continued in the process of the law. It was like it wasn't even on their grid to return because they were looking for the priests to confirm and finalize their healing. Because if you read in Leviticus 14, which we are not going to do, but it's just mesmerizing if you want to know about the law on leprosy and skin diseases, what would happen is if a leper was healed or cleansed, they would have to go to the priests and present themselves. And the priests would like have to inspect them, and then they would get birds and sacrifice them and sprinkle water and blood and all these things on them, right, to say they were clean. Then they had to wait for seven days outside of society still. And then they would come in and there would be another sacrifice presented and they could be restored. And like they had to shave all their hair, their eyebrows. Like the Bible says this, you guys, twice. So on day one, after this, the, the, the first thing, they had to shave everything, right? Then right as they're presenting themselves to the priests again or right after it, uh, they have to like shave eyebrows, beards, hair, the whole thing. And so there's this whole process in God's law of being healed from leprosy. And that, that was like the religious paradigm. So when Jesus tells these 10 lepers, go show yourselves to the priest, that's what he's doing. See, he's pointing them to the law. But why would Jesus say that to a Samaritan? And I just, I just had to wonder, you know, if you look at the very beginning of this story, it says, as Jesus continued toward Jerusalem. And see, this is, this is Jesus's final ministry days. He is making his way back to Jerusalem where he will be giving up his life. And you watch what he's doing 
And it grows with more and more intention. He begins to prophesy of his death. He begins to make his words be like mattering, like this is the kingdom of God. And I just wonder if Jesus was just like setting up this beautiful picture of the new covenant before it was even on anyone's grid to say, no, I really am your high priest. I really am the one who finishes it. I am the one who heals you. And the Samaritan gets it because he has no paradigm of religious law. He's not stuck in anything. He feels no need to go to the priest to confirm and finalize his healing because he's met Jesus. And he comes back and he declares him as the Messiah. It's amazing. Now, what's even more amazing, all right? So it says, right, they're walking. All 10 lepers are leaving Jesus. Now, here's the deal. They all 10 have this measure of faith because Jesus just said, go show yourselves to the priest. They still have leprosy, right? I mean, they just have to like take the step and follow Jesus. So all 10 of them are walking out in faith, really believing that Jesus is going to heal them. And it says, he healed them, right? Well, now when the Samaritan comes back, Jesus says, Stand up and go. Your faith has made you whole. You've been healed. Your faith has healed you. Now, the words in the original Greek for healed in this passage, there's two different ones. So in the first, when all 10 lepers get healed, they experience physical healing, right? It's whatever the Greek word is for physical healing. That's what they all 10 experience. Now, this guy comes back. And essentially what Jesus says The Greek word is, stand up and go, for your faith has sozoed you. Sozo is a wholeness, salvation. Saved, healed, and delivered is what that word means. Some of you are familiar with it. We have a process of inner healing here that we call sozo. It's literally the Greek word for saved, healed, and delivered. And so this guy starts out with physical healing. And he ends with spiritual wholeness. But the other nine settled with their physical healing, praised Jesus, and went on their way into their religious structure to be declared clean again. And I just... I don't know. There's just something I just love about Jesus just tapping in. It's like the same, the same feeling I get when Jesus with the Samaritan woman at the well, when he goes to somebody who's just like so rejected and he just pulls them in and is like, I just can't wait. I'm just like, you don't even know what's about to happen. I'm like making a way for you two, you know? And this guy gets it. He says, you're the Messiah, the one he taps into the new covenant that Jesus would establish in just a short time. I mean, if you flip over to Hebrews 10, where's my phone? I want to read it off of a different translation. 
it shows this whole idea of moving from the old covenant law process to the new. Let me flip over here. The old system of living under the law presented us with only a faint shadow, a crude outline of reality, of their wonderful blessings to come. Even with its steady stream of sacrifices offered year after year, there was still nothing that could make our hearts perfect before God. For if animal sacrifices could once and for all eliminate sin, they would have ceased to be offered and the worshipers would have clean consciences. Instead, once was not enough. So by the repetitive sacrifices year after year, the worships were continually reminded of their sins or their uncleanliness with their hearts still impure. For what power does the blood of bulls and goats have to remove sin's guilt? So when Jesus, the Messiah, came into the world and said, since your ultimate desire was not another animal sacrifice, you have clothed me with a body that I might offer myself instead. Multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice. So I said to you, God, I will be the one to go and do your will to fulfill all that is written of me in your word. First, he said, multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice. And then he said, God, I will be the one to go and do your will. So by being the sacrifice that removes sin, he abolishes animal sacrifices and replaces the entire system with a new covenant. And by God's will, we have been purified and made holy once and for all through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus, the Messiah. And this picture with the 10 lepers, I feel like it's Jesus just setting this up so beautifully where you watch the nine just enter into old covenant law and you watch this one guy come and he didn't just get physical healing. He experienced salvation. He experienced the presence of God making him whole. Let us not get so stuck in our old ways that we miss a deeper encounter with Jesus. When we become more taken with who God is than the thing he did for us, it opens the door for deeper transformation. Can I say that one more time? I want you to get this. When we become more taken with who God is, Rather than the thing he did for us, it opens the door for deeper transformation. And see, that's this one leper, this one foreigner, he gets a hold of this because see his physical healing, he's coming back to praise Jesus for it, but it's coming like he's being drawn into relationship. See, his miracle turned him to relationship where the other nine, it turned them to religion. And what happens is he begins to praise God. He's not praising the miracle. He's praising God. And when we, when we come with this thing of gratitude in our lives and we become more taken with the nature of God, who he is, his very being, and we begin to put that at the center of our praise, of our focus, of our seeking, of our prayer, what 
what happens is it opens a door wide in our heart for deeper transformation where we don't just receive the top of the miracle, but we tap in to the layers and the depths of it. Just like this guy, he has physical healing. Then he comes back in his gratitude of seeking Jesus. He intentionally seeks him out. See, the first time he seeks Jesus out is for his physical healing. He's seeking Jesus for something the first time. The second time he intentionally seeks Jesus to give him something, and that is praise. He just seeks him. He's not seeking anything else. He's not coming to Jesus saying, that was so cool. Since you just did that thing, here's my list. Could you do this thing too? He experiences the miracle and says, I had to come back and find you because you're blowing my mind. You are so amazing. It said he was shouting in a loud voice, his praises to God. Something was unlocked inside of him that he could no longer contain because of his encounter with Jesus. It brought him into relationship. It's amazing. It's amazing. Listen to this psalm. I have to read this to you. It's so good. This is Psalm 92, and I'm going to read it to you out of the Passion Translation, and it's going to apply. I promise. It's so enjoyable to come before you with uncontainable praises spilling from our hearts. How we love to sing our praises over and over to you, to the matchless God, high and exalted over all. At each and every sunrise, we will be thanking you for your kindness and your love. As the sun sets and all through the night, we will keep proclaiming, you are so faithful. Melodies of praise will fill the air as every musical instrument joined with every heart overflows with worship. No wonder I'm so glad I can't keep it in. Lord, I'm shouting with glee over all you've done for all you've done for me. Listen to this. What mighty miracles and your power at work, just to name a few depths of purpose and layers of meaning saturate everything you do. Such amazing mysteries found within every miracle that nearly everyone seems to miss. Those with no discernment can never really discover the deep and glorious secrets hidden in your ways. Man, I just see a picture of this in this story with this guy. I mean, like, my ears are just, I don't know, just the depths of purpose layers of meaning in everything you do. Mysteries are found in every miracle. I just, I've just been like challenged to just say, God, it makes so much sense that when he releases signs and wonders in us and around us, that it's never just for that. His heart is absolutely to restore everyone physically, just like these 10 lepers. But see, the deeper part of his heart is he wanted wholeness. Same miracle. 
multi-layered. Depths of purpose in everything God does. I mean, do you ever just like have those moments where God just blows your mind because he's so big and he's so deep and you can focus on one scripture, one thing that's happening in your life. You can just come back to Jesus with gratitude for what he's done. And he's like releasing more miracles. You're like, I was just here to say, thank you. What in the world is going on? And now I've, you've exposed this thing in my heart and I've become even more whole than I was before. And God's like, yeah, yeah, that's what, that's who I am. I'm that good. I'm that good. That it's not just one thing equals one thing. It's one thing can equal hundreds of things. Because there's layers and depths of purpose to everything God does. And this just continues, you guys. This psalm is so rich. You want to hear more? Let's hear more. Okay, I'm picking up. Um, let's see. Uh, verse 7. Is, we stopped at 6. It's true the wicked flourish, but only for a moment, foolishly forgetting their destiny with death, that they will all one day be destroyed forevermore. But you, O Lord, are exalted forever in the highest place of endless glory. While all your opponents, the workers of wickedness, they will perish forever separated from you. Your anointing has made me strong and mighty. You've empowered my life for triumph. By pouring fresh oil over me. You've said that those lying in wait to pounce on me would be defeated. And now I've seen it. Yes, look how you've made all your lovers flourish like palm trees. They're all growing in victory as cedars in Lebanon standing with strength. You've transplanted them into your heavenly courtyard where they are thriving before you. For in your presence, they will still overflow and be anointed. Even in their old age, they will stay fresh, still bearing luscious fruit and abiding faithful. Listen to them. They're still proclaiming, you're so good. You are my beautiful strength. You've never made a mistake with me. Now, in the message, translation, paraphrase, in verse 11, right as it begins to give the promise of God's people being like a palm tree and a cedar of Lebanon, listen to what it says. My ears are full with the sound of promise. My ears are full with the sound of promise that your people will be established as a palm tree or a cedar of Lebanon, always bearing fruit, staying fresh in their old age, still proclaiming all these things. My ears are full with the sound of promise. Will you hear the promise? Will you hear his promise today? Will you absorb it when you heal it, when you hear it? Or will you abort it? You must hear the sound. 
You must hear the sound of promise. And it must fill your heart. It must overflow out of you. And when you hear that sound, you absorb it into all of who you are. And it will birth hope in you for your circumstances, for your life, for your future. Will you hear the sound? All morning long, because I've been here for a long time. <laughs> Even went home in between. I was praying, God, this morning, release a sound. Release the sound of heaven. Make our atmosphere pregnant with your promises and then just release a sound that fills our hearts. (laughs) And then Felicia gives us a whole biological lesson on sound and we had not talked and all morning long I just Lord release the sound my ears are full with the sound of promise you must hear the sound and then you must hear this too because this is in the promise of the Lord and this is specific for some of you For in your presence, they will still overflow and be anointed. Even in their old age, they will still stay fresh. They will still bear fruit. Listen to them. They're still proclaiming that you are so good. Now, there's a two-part to this. Some of you just need to be challenged that if you want this promise, the idea is in your old age, you're still doing something, which means that you need to learn how to bear fruit. You need to learn how to thrive and flourish in the presence of the Lord. You need to learn how to be full of the sound of promise. You need to, to learn. You need to begin to proclaim the goodness and the beautiful strength of the Lord. You need to understand how to worship him so that in your old age, you will still be doing all of those things. The other side is that for some of my older friends in here, you will still you will Still, you will still bear fruit. You will still have fresh anointing. Can we do something? Can I have our elders come up here real quick? Sorry, guys. Pulling a fast one on you. Including you, Miss Dorothy. Can you, can you stand up? We don't have to be in a rush. Our lunch is here today. 
<laughs> We're having soup and pie. If you didn't get the memo, you better stay and eat soup and pie with us. Come on up here. Okay, I, I, I just want to, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> my heart, my heart is stirring. I feel like I want, I want to praise you, number one, for who you are. You guys are like some of my most favorite people because I watch the way you love Jesus and I watch the way you bear fruit. But I, I just feel like I want to read this over you and declare over you, Miss Dorothy, you still have fresh anointing on your life. You will still bear fruit because your days are not over. And I just felt like I want to let that sink into all of your hearts. I don't know if you're feeling your age or feeling useless or feeling like you don't have anything, but I want to declare over you. In his presence, you will still overflow and be anointed. Even in your old age, you will stay fresh. You will still bear luscious fruit and abiding faithful in his presence. We will hear the sound of your voice still proclaiming, he is good. He is your beautiful strength and he has never made a mistake with you. So I just declare right now, fresh anointing over you. Just a, a reset in your hearts right now to just say, your days are not done for Jesus. You still will bear luscious fruit. You will have great fruitfulness in the days ahead of you. Maybe even more than all of the years combined. I just declare that you will walk in that. In Jesus' name. Thank you. More fruit. Good. I love that. This lady's a tree right here. If you've never partaken of Dorothy's fruit, you better sit next to her at lunch. She's got awesome stuff to give you. They will still. I think about this leper who has this encounter with Jesus, man, he gets physically healed. He gets a sozo, <laughs> right? He, he becomes spiritually whole. He experiences salvation uh, before the new covenant is even a real thing. But Jesus is on his way. He's on his way to the cross to do it. And I just have to wonder, was this leper so transformed by Jesus, by this encounter with him, that he became like a tree planted in Samaria in the middle of all the Gentiles, still proclaiming God's goodness all of his days. See, that's the, that's the idea behind all of our encounters with Jesus is that it draws us to him. He just continues to release those layers, the layers of the miracle, depths of purpose into us. So that we will still. And some of you, you just need to have the encounter with Jesus so you can, so that you can still. Does that make sense? I know that's a little confusing. That is your calling. These elders standing up at the front, that's what all of our lives are to look like. 
I just, anytime I see them standing in a line like that, I just think, God, my life will be the richest and best if I can stand up at their age and look like they do and live their life like they do. Because they still, they still. So I want us, I want us to close. Isn't that, there's a lot of stuff that I just shared with you. It's a lot of, a lot of rich, rich things straight just from the word of God, from God's mouth. God's word is so precious. You know, if you want to still be bearing fruit, you should be in God's word. If you want to still be doing something for the kingdom and walking in fresh anointing and overflowing in his presence, um, you, you need to be in his word and allow that to wash over you. Wash me in the water of your word. I want everyone to stand. You know, the thing about this whole deal in Psalm 92, it says they're going to be like these, these certain kinds of trees. And I'll have to save that for another message and teach you all of the things about these two trees because it's awesome. But here's the deal. They're likening the lovers of God to flourishing trees. And the deal with these trees is that they flourish in harsh climate. It's not because they're just perfect and watered all the time and never experience drought or heat. It's just like all the other trees that are talked about in the Bible of like, and they will bear fruit in every season. They will still bear fruit in every season. And I just want to declare over you this morning that you're called to flourish. Even if you are having a hard time, you are called to flourish in a rocky marriage. You are called to flourish in a hard work situation. You are called to flourish in the middle of chaos. You are called to flourish in the desert. You are called to flourish when you can't even figure out what God is saying to you. You are called to bear fruit. You are called to be flourishing. And it's not, you know, sometimes we hear the word flourish. If you look it up in the dictionary, it says it happens in favorable environments. But because God's kingdom is so upside down, he's like, hey, you can flourish in really unfavorable environments. I've given you everything you need in your spirit to flourish, even when it's unfavorable. And so I think that some of you just, you just need to hear this word from the Lord. You, you need to hear the promise. You need to hear the sound of promise and you need to absorb it and take hold of it and let it birth hope for your season. You will still flourish. You will still bear fruit if you can come and be connected to Jesus. And if you can become more taken with who God is rather than just the things you want done from him. You will see deeper transformation in your heart. I'm going to pray over you. Lord, thank you. 
Right now, God, I pray that you would just cement the things that you've done. Lord, I believe that you were releasing a sound, that you were releasing promises to every heart. Lord, help us see what those are. And God, let us be like a a tree whose roots would absorb the water. Let us absorb that promise. And then just begin to release hope. God, let us not be people who are so caught up in our old ways or in a religious paradigm that we would miss a deeper encounter with you. Lord, we want everything that you pour out in us to drive us back in deep gratitude to who you are. Lord, may we be intentional with our praise towards you when we see the things released from heaven into our lives. May we be intentional with our praise to to bring it back to you first and give you glory. And Lord, I thank you for allowing us to see below the surface, to always understand that the work in our lives and the work in those around us has depths of purpose and layers of meaning, that there are so many mysteries in your miracles and we can tap into those because of your sacrifice, Because you established a new covenant where it's no longer about the blood of animals. We no longer have to just worry about our uncleanliness all the time. But Lord, when we experience your salvation, when we become a part of your kingdom, you've said once and for all, it's done. And so we can come boldly before your throne and experience your fullness. Lord, thank you for that reminder. Just fill our hearts with oozing gratitude right now, with a sound of promise, with hope for our future and our present. We love you, Jesus. Amen.